The Movie Hour, episode 58, October 31st, 2009. Spoiler alert, the following hour programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Welcome one and all to the Matthew Perry Super Scary Movie Hour. I'm your host, Greg Maloney. We have a special night planned for you guys with, of course, my very special co-hosts, James Maloney and Jeff Henderson. Good evening, gentlemen. Hola. Me llamo Jim. Ooh, happy Halloween. <laughs> Is it Spanish Day? Isn't it? Oh, it's Halloween. Oh. oh it's Halloween, right. dude. It's not, uh, it's not Cinco de Mayo, but that's cool, though. You can, you can celebrate Cinco de Mayo, too, today. It could be both. It's, Cinco, it's it it means the 5th of May. You can't celebrate oh. it today. That's a good point. It's a very good point, Jeff. I'm happy you're here. You're the numbers guy, so I'm happy you brought that up. <laughs> Apparently, I'm the dates guy, too. <laughs> numbers uh, and months. This, this load's yeah. getting a little heavy. <laughs> true. Very true. Uh, we also have a special guest this evening, which makes it a uh, very special day. A man who's decided to spend his time tonight with us instead of his wife. A man who has been self-described as the bee's knees. A man with a kid. Jim Petnado, welcome to the Movie Hour Studios. Thank you very much. Uh, it's an honor to share the studio. Uh, with you broadcasting legends. Yeah, it's a little more impressive than it sounds when, you know, like, I know it doesn't sound like we have a big deal going on when you listen to the podcast, but there's a lot of people involved putting this together. It's a lot of sweat, a lot of blood. I'm Especially, impressed. like, the last descriptor. A man with a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, there, uh, Jim, I don't, this is the big leagues. I don't want any of that Mickey Mouse shit you pull when we're just having a conversation, all right? Jeff did not get the disclaimer that I am officially pee during yeah, the podcast. I, I was oh, going to ask yeah. the question for you, but, you know. Uh, that's a very good point. We do have two Jims here now. I will be referring to my brother as James. Uh, Jeff will have to do his own little segment. I don't know. We can discuss that later. And uh, Jim Pennant will be referred to as P. Um, yeah, speaking of the big leagues, I just want to you know say thank you to all my fans for sending in letters of support you know to the station you know because I'm in danger of being kicked off the show. <laughs> I think it made my bosses realize how important I am to capturing that you know highly coveted Alzheimer's demographic. <laughs> I also want to thank all my fans for sending in letters of support to the station. I think you made, <laughs> I think it made my bosses realize how important I am to capturing the coveted Alzheimer's demographic. <laughs> yeah, they're big. I can't make an Alzheimer's joke. What's going on? <laughs> too, I don't too get soon. it. Yeah, very well, very well. Uh, and of course, the the second thing, having P here is, makes everything special. Actually, we have three things. I lied. We have three things that make tonight special. P. Yes. And we also have a lot of live listeners tonight. I, uh, we've uh, circled the wagons, and there are a lot of people listening live, also bullshitting right now about how uh, how uh, smart we are. Uh, yep, that's exactly the comments going on right now. Uh, third thing, it is Halloween weekend, folks. Halloween weekend. This is, I think, you know, I'm just going to speak for everybody. Everyone's favorite holiday ever invented. Period. So uh, when you say yeah, everybody, you mean weekend. everybody, not not just the people on the show, right? Like everybody's favorite holiday, because it's yes, my favorite holiday, and I assume the things that I like the best are everyone's favorites. Not to waste too much time, but when I say everybody, uh, I mean everyone that's ever been born before this, the people that are alive now, and the people that will ever be everybody. You accusing so, me of wasting time? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, we do have a number number one topic to get to, and this is before our Hollywood rundown. I just wanted to point out, uh, last year we had a uh, movie called The Dark Knight, which spawned a lot of... Uh, Clever, I'll, I'll use the term clever, costumes of uh, playing the Joker because the Joker was so cool last year. And this is pretty much what every, what's on top of everyone's mind. 
And the question is, what will be... People are looking to us for advice. What will be the hot costume in terms of pop culture movie reference this year? Do we have a good answer? That one's kind of easy, isn't it? Easy? Yeah. It's never easy. (laughs) If it's easy, anybody could do this podcast and just comment. Uh, (laughs) Let's not say. I'm talking about the costume itself. You just go buy a Segway and you're Paul Blart. You know, I, you know what's funny is I was thinking the same thing. Like it's it's an expensive costume; it's a little more on the hefty side. But I don't see why people can't just ride around in segways with guns during Halloween and just say, "Hey, cease and desist! I'm, I'm going to arrest you." You know, I don't. I just see no problem with that. Also, I think you I've can rent r- the segway. I don't think you actually have to buy it. I've heard That's rumblings true. from both males and females at work that they're going to be that John and Kate wife. Are you serious? Dead serious. <laughs> Which is a terrible John Gosling or what? I have no idea. They just want to dress as the wife. Well, I everybody wants to do. Who doesn't want to dress as the wife? That's a good point. I was thinking. I was thinking something. You know, I don't know if I want to do something from Glorious Bastards, like a lot of you know Nazi people running around. That's always like a <laughs> yeah, classic. That's always a hit. Nazis. Yeah. Are, yeah. <laughs> or maybe like a this timeless is classic. Fa- yeah. Or maybe like some kind of spoof on this isn't your father's Star Trek joke, like it. Maybe a Star Trek guy, and then a guy that's not Star Trek, that's your father. You know, something like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> something in your brain got crossed there. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yeah, live listener Davey brings up a good point. We'd just be dead, Michael Jackson. That's a good one. Michael, J- Lay off Michael Jackson, people. He sponsored a show before, and it was uh, post-mortem, so yeah. it, was, it was pretty impressive. It was actually special. Yeah, it was. Oh, um, uh, we do have we do have, of course, some important things to get to. Uh, we are, of course, here to talk about movies. P being here to help us out. Very very special night again. Halloween live visitors. P. Those are the three points to take away from this podcast. Uh, but uh, we continue our show with the Hollywood Rundown, which is our one of our new features. We're gonna have to get a sponsor for it. Still, we're looking around. So if anyone's any uh, celebrities, pseudo celebrities listening to this, uh, we are looking for sponsorship of this feature. Um, Preferably first a probably, pseudo-celebrity. Yeah, that's true. Uh, first and possibly uh, the most important note, uh, Saw 6, I think we're on 6, yeah, one. Yeah, 6, gets a box office beat down in its own house. The Saw series, it's known for its Halloween releases, but failed to win over the horror, I was about to say Halloween, horror crowd. Uh, relative nobody paranormal activity made number one <laughs> with a gross of $21 million. The film included a naked, I'm sorry, I can't keep this up. Does anyone even really care about these movies at all? Anyone? Uh, um, no, not no. really. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, the Paranormal naked, Activity though. had a pretty cool ad campaign. Naked. No, I was going to finish saying naked, but it just didn't happen. I'm sorry. It just didn't work. Um, for those just joining live, please, uh, we are uh, currently recording, so try not to try not to jump in and ruin our delicious uh, discussion. Anyways. Saw 6, congratulations, you completely blew it. Uh, production companies have uh, confirmed that Saw 7 will be on its way regardless of it being uh, unseated as number one. Fantastic. Another big note, and this this uh, this goes to all you sponsors out there, Net- Netflix has finally made it big. Last quarter, Netflix added actually, a hun- well, I'm going to say 100%, more members than they added last quarter the same year, which means... Us talking about Netflix constantly has brought this thing to its peak. This it pretty much brings the Netflix Brotherhood to a whopping 11 million subscribers. That sounds like a lot of numbers. Yeah, uh, yeah let me take time. over here because that is a lot of numbers <laughs> uh, for you to handle, Greg. Uh, and 
that uh, it's 11.1 million is actually more than 10 million. Uh, so imagine 10 million people, and then imagine more than that. And that's how many people are subscribing to Netflix now. It's a lot. It's a lot. Due to us. Yeah. Key, well, I mean, at least at least, uh, at least a hundred thousand of them. The point one. <laughs> the point one. P. I know uh, Jeff, James, and I are uh, a member of the Netflix Brotherhood. Are you a member of the Netflix Brotherhood? Absolutely. But um, we've currently had the same movie in the house for almost a month now, maybe more. <laughs> so and you're their favorite kind of customer. <laughs> Uh, run Fat Boy Run, I think it's called. Yes, oh, yes. With uh, Simon uh, Pegg, right? Yep. Yeah. We I was, was going to say, we'll get around to it eventually. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? I thought no, you no. were just the lazy on the sending. I'm lazy on the shipping back. Like, I'll watch a movie as soon as it gets here, and then I'll just let it sit around. No. No, we were good over the summertime, but uh, with Mary going back to work, it kind of puts us down. Right, right. And on a, on a side side note on that, I know this is going to appeal to James. Uh, Sony announced that Netflix will actually be available on the PlayStation 3 system coming shortly. It's sort of a pain in the ass to set up, apparently, but it'll be good. So, J- Jim, this makes your uh, decision that much harder. It does. I'd be interested to see how this pans out, see if it's a huge pain in the ass and not even worth it or what the deal is. It always or they're is. supposed to like use a disc or something to... Yeah, you uh, you really pretty weird. much get a disc sent to you, and even after that, I think you need the unlimited plan on Netflix, which is like ten bucks a month, and then you'll get everything free. If you don't have that, then you end up having to pay an extra fee. So we'll see. I know on Xbox, this, con- combining uh, gaming and uh, movies is probably my favorite thing. So talking about this is great. Uh, Xbox 360 also has Netflix, but you have to pay for it. So, anyways, whatever. And we have some live listeners making a great point. Uh, Xbox is not sponsoring us. Netflix is. So congratulations, Netflix, on your uh, stardom, just like us. We're going to be hearing from their lawyers very, very soon, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Next on the Hollywood Rundown, 15 years later, Mel Gibson finally admits the truth. Apparently, Braveheart was not historically accurate. Bullshit. Ne- yeah. That's- <laughs> yeah. Next topic. No, it's Mel so Gibson's a liar. <laughs> yeah. What's He's great? Just doing that for negative publicity, you know, just yeah, trying to get needs, himself more famous. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been a long time publicity. since he's driven drunk and blamed the Jews. That's it's right. time for him to do something else to get himself back in the spot. We all know that it was, you know, to the letter true. What's I mean, great that's about That's like saying Forrest Gump didn't have a shrimping boat, but we know he has. I've seen restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I had more comments, but I'm going to leave it there. Next topic. This one's the best. Last but not least. Uh, Charlize Theron, or however you'd like to pronounce it. Uh, Jeff had a great pronunciation earlier, but I'm going to continue. Uh, apparently raised $140,000 for charity this weekend. The initial bid was only for $37,000. The winner actually would receive a trip to her, her native country, South Africa. That's Charlize Theron's uh, native country, not the winner. Uh, tickets to the World Cup games, which is a big deal. And a meeting with Nelson Mandela. A, a, like a sit-down lunch with the Nelson Mandela. $37,000. Apparently, the bid actually didn't even skyrocket until she threw in a 20-second kiss on top of the initial prizes. And guess who won the auction, people? A lady person. And it got... And, of course, if uh, if you're looking for the video, it is on YouTube. I definitely checked it out immediately. How, how, much, uh, and, how much more the, to get a 20-second kiss with Nelson Mandela, too? <laughs> and they really dropped the ball there. They probably could have you know got ten times that much just by... You know, auctioning off the rights to the filming of that kill, kiss, <laughs> and the two chicks. They screwed up big time. 
Oh, it's true. It's true. Uh, they it is all over YouTube. Maybe they'll be able to get some ad money out of it. But it was it was pretty funny that somebody would pay thirty seven thousand dollars. Thirty seven thousand dollars. Nelson Mandela. <laughs> Go to the World right. Cup right. and meet Nelson yeah. Mandela. Yeah, thirty seven grand. Oh, I get to make out. With he's only there. he's only like seventy eight years old. He doesn't have much time left. This time, just, you know, he's got all the time in the world. He can do whatever he wants. Oh, it's, I can kiss you. All right, all right. Now we're talking. That's that's all right. Anyways, that's that's uh, does it for our Hollywood rundown feature. I hope you guys liked it, and uh, yeah, we will be moving on to our most delicious movie reviews. And uh, Jeff will be starting off with our uh, Halloween special movie review. You're damn right, I will. Um, I went and saw uh, the movie Where the Wild Things Are with my girlfriend, uh, mm. and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it actually <laughs> a was. A, it was actually kind of a little. I had very, very high hopes um, because I'm a big Spike Jones fan. Uh, I'm also a big fan of David Eggers, who co-wrote the uh, screenplay. He's uh, is a novelist, but uh, and uh, the book was kind of like uh, in my childhood. I really liked it. Um, it wasn't bad by any stretch. It was. It's very difficult to extrap- extrapolate a uh, an hour and thirty minute movie out of a. 20-page book, so, you know, credit to him. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of symbols and a lot of, uh, deeper meaning, and it's, it's, it's a pretty emotional movie. It's pretty dark for a PG-rated movie. I mean, like, a lot of kids in the theater when we went and saw it, and a lot of kids were feeling a little uncomfortable at certain points in time. Do you hear crying? Just outbursts of crying? No, there was no, there were no outbursts of crying, but there were some definite, like, I don't understand what's happening here, why is everybody angry type moments, and it was, uh, it was, it was kind of, uh, on some levels a pretty disturbing movie but uh i i think i want to see it again i wasn't i wasn't terribly terribly impressed by it but i i did like a lot of parts of it there were some really poignant parts um the question i always have when i see a movie like this where there's a lot of voice talents is do famous people need to do those voices and i I, because if anything i thought kind of takes away from it like james gandolfini did one of the main uh wild things and i kept kind of thinking about James Gandolfini during it versus thinking about the wild. I don't know, and it just um, I don't the mask why known as James Gandolfini. Yeah, I, so that's all. But overall, I liked it. I mean, I, I would say if you if you can get in cheap, uh, go see it because it's it's fun. You, you know, the, if, especially if you read it as a kid, the uh, the little kid in you will bust out. the The kid that played Max was phenomenal. I actually think that'll be probably a pretty good uh, Halloween costume. The the Max character in the wolf suit. It's a little too late, though, don't you think? It's like the last weekend, and yeah, I don't know. And people people knew about this. This was coming. That's true. That's true. Uh, I'll ask the number one question that I'm sure is on top of everyone's mind. How did Catherine Keener do? Uh, she's she's not in it for that much. But she's phenomenal. <laughs> I love her. Of course you do. Of course you do. Awesome. So a small recommendation for cheap. Yeah. Understood. No problem. Definitely. And it's done it. fairly. It's done fairly well for uh, a Spike Jones masterpiece. But we'll see how it w- works out in the end. And uh, that moves us to uh, the first movie review by P. Patnato. And let us let us hear let us hear the joys, man. Let's hear let's hear it. Okay, well, I hope I'm not the only one who reviewed a horror movie. Um, <laughs> but I actually reviewed a movie called REC, as in the record button. Uh, it's a Spanish film from the year 2007. Uh, the film follows uh, a young TV reporter, female TV reporter, and her cameraman, who are like documenting the night shift of a, a fire station in the city. Um, they accompany the firemen. Um, on like a call to an apartment building where a, a, an old woman is sick and she's acting crazy and aggressive. 
Um, she attacks one of the police officers, of course, and then all the terror begins following that. Um, while the initial attack is taking place uh, outside, the government and the local authorities quarantine uh, the entire building. So everyone's locked inside uh, with the spreading infection. <clears throat> so it, it kind of follows one of those modern horror film formulas, but it's still really gripping, and it gets better and better as you move along. <clears throat> um, naturally, by the end of the movie, the only two people left are the reporter and her cameraman. Uh, but it, it makes for a, like a really kick-ass ending. Um, <clears throat> the whole film is shot entirely through the point of view of the cameraman's camera. Um, and I literally think it's the best pure true horror movie since 28 Days Later. Um, wow. It's, it's just damn good. It's really simple. You give a shit about the characters. You don't want to see them get hurt. Um, and like I said, as it moves along, you just get more involved. You get more uh, in their in their grip. You feel you kind of feel their terror as to what's going on. <clears throat> By the end, even I, you know, I usually don't do this, but I was kind of biting my nails a little bit. And uh, Mary was whispering, you know, don't do that, don't go there. And a few, <laughs> a few expletives. Oh my God! It kind of it is like that modern. Don't run up the stairs. It's like that modern zombie movie where it's, they're not really zombies. They're, like, infected by something. Um, the difference right. with this one is they don't really tell you what it is. They hint that it could be rabies. Um, but at the end, there's, like, some weird mystery involved, which is kind of cool because you don't really need to know. Um, yeah. <clears throat> one of my favorite parts of it was, like, the interior of the building itself because once they're in there, they're trapped in there. Right. The interior and the, the, the building kind of becomes, like, a character. It's, like, this really narrow, tall building. So, like, the staircases and the, the narrow apartments, you, you get familiar with them just like the characters do. And you, you want to go duck and hide where they go and duck and hide. Um, it's <clears throat> the reporter, um, I think it was her first film. Uh, uh, she doesn't even have, you know, credits for anything else uh, that I could find anywhere on the Internet. Uh, it's played by Manuela Valesco. Uh, and sure. between her and the film itself, they won, I think, 16 awards between or throughout Spain and Europe. Um, and it definitely, definitely gets my seal of approval. It, it kicked heavy, heavy ass. Um, <laughs> All right. And, well, a, and let's a throw real quick side note, the American adaptation of it is called Quarantine and is like the worst fucking movie you'll ever see. It, it, <laughs> Which it is takes, funny because there's a live listener saying, saying Yeah, it takes everything it. Record did right and just it does it ten times worse. I couldn't believe how bad it was. A uh, couple <laughs> questions. I actually, I have not, I have not seen this original, and I'm gonna ask the stupid question to begin with. Uh, I'm guessing it's in Spanish. Yes. With okay. well, yeah, with subtitles and yeah, with obvi obvious, obvious. Unless you want to push those buttons on your DVD player and make them speak English. Oh God. Oh God, no. Um, <laughs> uh, second question. So, how much time is actually spent? Because I actually, I had the misfortune of seeing some of Quarantine, and there was probably. Maybe ten minutes spent outside. How much of the movie this original was actually spent outside before they got trapped in the in the house? Yeah, it's about ten or fifteen minutes. But unlike quarantine, you don't hate the female lead right off the bat, <laughs> so you actually kind of want to hang out with her a little bit. In quarantine, that bitch is so annoying. You you want her to die right away. You want her to die in the fire truck on the way to the apartment building. It it's terrible. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, and one last thing to point out: the since this is your first show, you can't just go around throwing out approval through approval stamps. I know you said just for approval stamps, but you got to be careful. You got to be careful. It takes it takes some time. Don't uh, scold the new kid. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, so James, let's uh, let's move on to yours. We're actually we're running long, but that's fine. Go ahead. Well, in that case, I've got two for you. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. <laughs> um, actually, uh, much to my surprise, me and uh, my two friends Jarv and Davey started up the movie list again for the first no time way. In forever. Yes, the movie list. Yes. Yay! So we saw the movie Network. Ah. And, Yes, so that was, it was a good one. Greg's already reviewed it, so I just want to touch a couple points real quick, so I won't go into it big time. But uh, it was good, um, a little preachy at points, um, and it's had a lot of the conversation that was all, you know, like people taking turns making speeches, and that kind of bugged me a little bit. But for the most part, I liked the movie. Uh, definitely ahead of its time as far as the, okay, our new show is plummeting. Let's, you know, take advantage of this guy who's emotionally unstable and just make a spectacle out of them and just get the ratings out of it. Right. And it just reminds me of a cross between the televangelists that are out now and, like, you know, Mr. Beck, who's, you know, just spouting out crap all the time. And, you know, it's just like a a mix of that kind of stuff. Um, But um, the part that really struck me the most, I think, and this is a big uh, spoiler, so for anybody who doesn't want to know the ending of this movie, pause for a few minutes. But uh, at the very end, they're trying to get rid of the guy. Because he's the ratings are dropping. Like, how do we handle him? And just off the cuff, they just talk about, let's kill him. You know, let's take take him out. And that really shocked me that it you know made that jump. But then it re, you know I realized that well they took this jump a long time ago in the movie for the seventies because the, their first jump was going to this whole televangelist and you know crazy person hosting a show. And that really just you know. It was kind of an eye-opener. It was like, wow, you know, it's just like, to them, that part wasn't the shocking part, but it is to me because, you know, the rest of it's normal for me now. Yeah. So I, I found that very intriguing. Hmm. So you're trying to say is we're going to have murders on air soon. Yeah, exactly. All right. I get it. I put the pieces together. And it's possible. Right. We do have yeah. a pool going that, Fo- that Fox News will be the first one to, like, air, like, a live execution but we'll see we'll see who wins that it, it wouldn't surprise me i, I hate, <laughs> hate, have to say but uh, the real movie that i uh, saw that uh, hasn't been reviewed yet is uh, the movie revolver 2005 guy Ritchie movie oh god um, basic, didn't i review this <laughs> if i if i didn't it was it was to spare everyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was uh, it was a, a definitely strange movie um the, the very basic premise without going too much into it is there's a guy who just gets out of prison um, he's kind of re-entering his life, and it's kind of like a little bit of the underworldish, you know, dealing with crime and stuff like that. And he ends up, you know, spending a couple years rebuilding and ends up taking on his arch nemesis in, like, a gambling thing. And that just it triggers a whole series of events that happens from that. Um, a bunch of weird things happen, and the plot goes crazy, and I'll let you guys judge whether or not you like the movie, because it is bizarre, and I'm still undecided if I even like it or don't like it. But, but Let um, me help you. Decent... You don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff doesn't like this movie. Um, but uh, some decent names in it. Statham plays the main character. Uh, Ray Liotta is his nemesis crime boss. Um, Andre Benjamin of Andre 3000 fame is uh, in it, and uh, Vincent Pastore, the guy who played uh, Big Pussy in the uh, Soprano series, he's in it also. Nice. Um, the things that stuck out to me was there's a lot of different techniques used in this film that was kind of weird. Like, visually, they had, like, at one point they took a departure and just started showing people in, like, the cartoon version of themselves, kind of like those commercials do for, I think it's an investment firm or something. Aaron Um and then, uh, <laughs> and on the other hand, um, it, 
they'll show scenes and they won't even show like all the action in the scene. Like in the very beginning, they're gambling and they don't show the results of the gambling. They just like skip ahead to the next part and you know let you assume that you know he you know won the bet or whatever. So it was kind of strange that they would pay so much attention to being cool in one part and then just kind of cut it out for effect later. And then there's some other techniques like uh, two crime guys giving orders to guys and it's the exact same orders and they play them like alternating line by line instead of scene by scene. So it was just he was trying to do so much stuff and it just seemed really disorienting and just all over the place. And I, I felt Guy Ritchie could have done a better job of making a fluid story out of stuff. And I know he's got that manic style to begin with, but like the, the pace of the movie on the other hand, wasn't as fast as a lot of his other ones. So it, it was just a bizarre movie altogether. Guy Ritchie in 2000 could have done it. Guy Ritchie in 2005 had no chance apparently. Yeah. So it, it was really bizarre. That's unfortunate. And, uh, yeah, uh, we have some live listener comments talking about Madonna and how she drove him <laughs> crazy. So maybe that was it. It's a possibility. Uh, I actually uh, also, I'm going to be reviewing a horror movie, although this is cheating. I'm going to admit it's cheating. I've seen this movie before, but there was a special, because this is a special night. This was a special instance because I went and saw it at the theater for the first time. It actually was a, a small re-release for, well, special special viewing at a local theater. was showing The Shining, the Stanley Cooper classic. Genius movie, of course. Um, I'm not sure if we've uh, preached how, how genius it is before. I'm just going to use genius as many times during this review. So the genius directing led to... No, I'm sorry. I'll stop. Uh, a story of a small family going to pretty much play the caretaker of a hotel up in the mountains that uh, is closed down for business for the winter. And really, if you haven't seen this movie or have heard of the plot before... Um, I guess you can just stop listening. Uh, but anyways, it's going to be a great ride because what happens is there is a special ability that the kid and uh, arguably the, the husband possess that uh, includes this hotel that they stay at and pretty much leads to horror situations where the hotel has a really scary past and the husband and the wife and the child have this special interaction with each other that just ends up escalating out of control and it turns into a bloodbath. Uh, Jack Nicholson, starring as Jack Torrance, awesome, amazing character. Um, I guess uh, some people could probably relate to him being a writer, getting away, hoping to type some stuff up and work on it, work on his uh, his next uh, big book, novel, whatever you'd like to call it, and uh, ends up freaking out the end, spoiler alert. And it's a, a genius movie, and w- the reason I went and saw it is because I got to go see it with friends, including P, which this is when... Uh, P told me, sold, sold me on coming on the show. He's like, dude, I want to be on the show. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be sweet. And, yeah, it was a great movie. Anyways, uh, what was really cool about it, I've seen it millions of times before, but I've never seen it at the theater, and there were a couple things I didn't notice before. Um, I know the P old lady That scary. disgusting old woman, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the old lady is still super scary, correct. The furries are also even more scary. I'm not going to get into that, but uh, you get to see a lot more of the furry room, which is like the guy dressed up as the bear with the other guy. Yeah, scary. Um uh, but P, P talked about this before uh, off-air when we were discussing after watching it. Uh, listening to the sound effects in the theater was completely different. Like, they're just way more eerie and uh, amazing. And it was it was a good time going through it. And I actually also didn't realize how long of a movie it was because it, it was a midnight viewing and we got out there at, like, 2.30. So uh, a little intense, but well worth it. And 
the only reason I want to do this review is because if there's a chance that you can see a movie at the theater that you've seen a million times and you think you know everything about it, you might want to just go see it and you might learn something new because I've seen The Shining a lot of times and I uh, noticed some things I didn't would not have known had I just watched that on the, the big screen. Although TVs are getting bigger, you never know. I would take that a step further and, and say even that just seeing movies in the theater is, is a great experience. It's uh, it, Movies that you have seen, movies that you haven't seen, it's different than waiting for it to come out and watching it at home. Even if you have like a nice home theater system or whatever, it's uh, it's not quite the same as being in the theater with the, the huge screen in front of you. It's a very different experience, I think. And I, I want to get people, get out there and see some films. Go to your local AMC. <laughs> yeah, did we get a sponsor from AMC that I didn't hear about? Yeah, some numbers from. No, it was. It was know, a, I, go ahead. I'm having an epiphany. You know, you reviewed The Shining, and uh, you know, with P re- reviewing REC, they both had scary old ladies in it. So that might be the key to you know a good horror film, right there. It's a possibility. I actually, I still think I maintain. I think it was two weeks ago. I talked about scary kids being in movies. It's still scary. Little kids killing people. It's always scary. Scary kids are scary. Yeah, there's a scary kid in REC. Of course, today being the special day that it is, we are here to discuss horror movies since uh, Halloween is on its way, and uh, everyone's thinking costumes, thinking Freddy Krueger, maybe thinking a little bit of Jason, maybe Jason X. That's for Davey. Davey's listening live. Um, and I wanted to just delve in a little bit about what makes a movie actually scary. And uh, I'll start with my example from the reviews, uh, The Shining. And th- I was like, I don't usually focus on this being a horror movie after I've seen it so many times. Uh, MP can relate to this. Some of it's actually funny. But if you actually see this for the first time or actually just sink yourself into the storyline, I think what it pulls off is a lot of the suspense and you see normal characters, people that are trying to be all right, trying to be good, Jack Nicholson being the case, uh, just pretty much just fall into ruin and turn to the bad guy and start pretty much killing people. It was just, it ends up being freaky. And there are movies that just try to pull this off, and we'll, we'll sort of get to that later, that don't, that it doesn't work out. But in your guys' opinion, what is it in a movie that actually will make it, for you at least, scary? I'm a big fan of the less is more approach, the whole suspense and, you know, that sort of thing. I'm not into the whole slasher, gore, torture porn genres that are prominent these days. Did someone say porn? Yeah. I heard porn. Okay. Torture but, uh, yeah, and it's, I think it helps for me, too, if it's more, I don't know, if it attacks something of the unknown, like some kind of strange phenomenon. I mean, Shining has a little bit of that, you know, with the, you know, the, the, the weird, you know, abilities of the child and that sort of thing. So, I mean, stuff that dealing with stuff you're not supposed to understand or you don't know much about is the best for me, I think. I uh, think that would relate to all the ones I've seen. Yeah, Pete, go ahead. Yeah, I just prefer to see something new, uh, which is really hard with the horror genre. There's not a whole lot you can do with it. But even with my example of record, I mean, it's, it, it, it's again, that modern zombie film. But right. put, it, put it in a different setting. Don't make it this apocalyptic thing with... 20 characters you don't give a shit about, give me two good characters that I give a shit about and, you know, let me spend the two hours with them. Right. Uh, that makes it scary to me because I didn't want, you know, you don't want something bad to happen to them. Right. Suck and you with, in first. Without spoiling the ending, did the ending, uh, the ending was very interesting. It ended up being very, uh, yeah. Uh, I the last, I think <laughs> about 10 minutes is, is everything kind of quiets down and it, it, it's, it's, 
I don't want to give anything away just because it's <laughs> phenomenal. And it is like a shift in gears, but you, you, it just, it's terrifying. It's really good. Right. Right. And do you, is it more, uh, I guess you've got your normal zombie movie, but is it a, a jump out and scary movie or does it, you know, I guess it could still be a suspense thriller, but yeah, there's a few of those moments. Um, but you can, you can see them coming. Um, right. but, but they're still effective. Right. Jeff, you know, how about you? What scares you? Alfred Hitchcock uh, said, if I may, the only way <laughs> to get rid of my fears is to make films about them. And I think that's a, I think that's a very interesting uh, interesting look at, at, at one of the greatest horror writers ever, if you want to call him a horror, uh, horror writer. I would. Um, a lot of his movies were. Uh, and I think that's interesting because a lot of the time you, you find in these uh, really good horror movies a, a, deeper, uh, a deeper fear. I mean, it's not just a guy... Uh, a guy slashing you up or something. It's um, it's a like a zombie movie, and a zombie movie nowadays. We've talked about this. is scary because it deals with the outbreak of a of a disease, which is something you see on the news every day. Or um, uh, for instance, a, a Hitchcock movie. That, for instance, uh, The Birds is is a lot about uh, uh, personal loneliness and, and and that type of thing. And and uh, it's you know there's sort of these symbols and everything. And uh, I think it's it's not just the guy getting hacked up or the anticipation of the guy getting hacked up. That's scary about it. It's the uh, there are a lot of in, in the really good ones. There are underlying themes uh, that are kind of playing in, deep inside your own subconscious that you're actually scared of. And I know we've talked about this a little bit before in terms of uh, actual like just scary monsters, symbols. Well, not symbols, but the insect, the disease, the well, giant nuclear warhead falling on your face. But uh, going back to the children discussion. Pet Cemetery is still a movie I will watch and freaks the hell out of me. And I don't, like, it's another thing. A lot of these have something you don't understand, which leads to what Jim was saying. Like, there's some kind of force happening. You don't understand how it works. And it's going to unravel throughout the movie. And you'll start little little by little understanding what's going on and hopefully getting out of it. And that movie just freaks me out. Yeah, that's a much better use of a creepy kid than than even The Shining, in my opinion. Right. That kid at the end is is great. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, just a shout out for Danny Lloyd, who is the guy that plays Danny Torrance in The Shining. He has done nothing other than The Shining, and he did a great <laughs> job in that movie. And uh, yeah, anyways, of course, of course. Alfred Hitchcock said, there is no terror in the bang, only in the anticipation of it. What do you think that guy, that means, guys? That he was very good at building suspense. <laughs> Very true. Uh, and Thanks, I'd also Jim. like to point out, yeah, I mean, Pete. The, to, to reference the first quote of uh, the only way to deal with his fears is by putting him in film, is that why you made Eyes Wide Shut and, like, you know, Nicole Kidman slept with... Uh, Alfred yeah, Hitchcock? Right. <laughs> that was Stanley Kubrick, Greg. Oh, Kubrick. I thought I was talking about Kubrick. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's I'm not sorry. like you host a movie podcast or anything. Yeah, no, I completely... That. I'm sorry. I, I'm just... I'm just... I'm, I'm drunk. It's, Next it's, it's quite okay. <laughs> Kubrick, Hitchcock, they're the same person. Rear window. Yeah. Ouch. Kubrick made that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there are some other uh, some other things that come to mind when we talked about our Halloween uh, special All Hallows Eve. Uh, one being uh, Killer Clowns in Outer Space. And that, we want to talk about that. And, <laughs> Thank God, because uh, I thought we were going to go yeah. a whole episode without talking about it. But no. Yeah, exactly. Um but this comes to some of some of the films that we like watching today, and I know some of the live listeners do. Uh, Jason, the Jason movies, Friday the Thirteenth, any of any of those things, and it comes down to the horror genre has sort of 
slowly move toward just turning horror movies with comedy to make it just a decent movie to watch because all they'll do is splat some blood on the screen. They'll make some kind of funny, inter- like, you know, that guy, that chick you hate ended up dying really in a comedic way, and that is our horror movie today. And it seems like that's just the way, like, the way a lot of these horrors are. Like, you... Snakes on a plane. What's that? Snakes on a plane. There you go. Snakes on a plane. There you go. Exactly. Um, It's just, it seems like the only way that people can deal with making a horror movie nowadays is by adding the the comic uh, relief. I mean, is that really considered a horror horror movie at that point, though, instead of a comedy? I I didn't say... I mean, Zombie Land, I mean, is a comedy. It's not a horror movie, but... Right. So, I don't know. I think it's like a whole different genre as opposed to... Right. It's, where, where would it's you very difficult Dead to pull to? off. Um, but, you know, Shaun of the Dead is a good example of them pulling it off, which even has a few moments that are kind of kind of creepy. But most of it's That's just true. it's just garbage. They use comedy as a cop-out because they don't know how to make something terrifying. Yeah, it seems... Uh, to go on the Shaun of the Dead point, there are, like, the zombies, I guess, could be sort of scary in that in that situation, but si- I, anything I see Simon Pegg in, though, it's just him being hilarious the whole time, and him not knowing that there's an, uh, an outbreak going on is also funny. Like, when people see the zombie movies initially, and... What was that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that was. It's, it's Jeff laughing. Um, anyways... Uh, the comedy mass thing has actually been like Gremlins would probably be considered a horror. Critters was probably a horror, but those movies we watch them now and they're hilarious. Nightmare on Elm Street, mm, I watch it's still a little scary, but a lot of the Jason movies are just hilarious to me. I've never seen the Halloween movies. Um, I guess we could go farther back even more to the The Exorcist, which I reviewed not even that long ago. It was the first time I saw it, and that movie being like seventies, seventy nine, something like that. Uh, Super scary, and obviously no no com- no comedy involved other than a chick freaking out. And there was a remake, of, well, not a remake, but the director's cut version released not that long ago that made lots of money, and that movie is still scary today. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, to me, I mean, I'm not a you know horror fan at all. You know, I've seen maybe a half dozen or something, but to me, it's always been like it's either unintentional comedy because. They suck at being scary and people are laughing at the situation, so being scared of it. Or it's just, I've already considered a comedy unedited way, so it's not really a horror movie. So anything with comedy in it, I don't even consider a good horror movie. So it's like either horrible so, or it's a comedy to me. So uh, in terms of Critters and uh, Gremlins and Ghoulies, which I'm sure you've seen all those movies. Uh, I've seen one those. of those. <laughs> <laughs> you would say those are comedy movies, not horror movies. Yeah, I, I'm not. A, I, I don't really consider Gremlins a, a horror. Right. We can argue some. We can argue semantics for a while if we well, want. We can. I think uh, if I could weigh in on this whole comedy horror thing, I think um, that there are so many horror movies produced these days. Like if you look at the movies that are coming out theatrical, uh, theatrically released these days, it's almost like like a third of them are horror movies that really aren't expected to do a lot of money and usually don't. Um, but that we're so, as movie going people, we're so familiar with the convention of like a horror movie that it's really easy to make fun of. And so it's really like, or it's really easy to like parody because everybody is so familiar with what it's supposed to be like or what right, a campy right. horror movie looks like. And that's why it's so easy for people to put, uh, to put comedy into them, I think, or put bad right. comedy often into them. But. Well, another thing, like a horror movie, 
it doesn't usually entail the the number one big star either. There, those things are being churned out cheap, and Paranormal Activity is a perfect example of it. That happened to hit big. I think it cost fifteen thousand to make that movie, and they are now making what? It's twenty one million on the weekend, and the production company that produced it or that put it out or distributed it in America isn't getting money worldwide. But I'm sure whoever's actually going to be releasing it in the other countries are also going to make big buck off that movie and uh, cost zilch to make. And uh, I guess uh, some of those horror people get lost in the the yeah. county routine. Those have to be cost effective. I mean, the saws alone. I mean, as far as I know, it's been one per year, right? I don't yeah. think they've skipped any years whatsoever, and that's I think it's probably the only series that's ever done that. Yeah, and even after uh, even after losing to Paranormal Activity, they said, "Fuck it, we're still making another one." We made sixteen million. You they probably already it, made so. it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. It's a good point. So um, you make an excellent so, point, though. I mean, I I'm not a huge Blair Witch Project fan, but uh, when it came out, it was original, and I thought it was kind of scary. And uh, that's that's a movie that was made on an incredibly low budget. I think horror is uh, the type of thing that an amateur director can get into without a huge budget. Uh, look at Sam Raimi with Evil Dead and put together something that's that's interesting and and, and cool. And I think that's one of the, the my favorite horror movies have been the ones like that. I think uh, where where it's a little where it's where it's kind of new and it's done differently. Well, for many many years, Halloween was the most profitable film ever because of the budget it was made on and the money it made. Right. And that's, again, that's just uh, someone making a good film, you know, someone with talent doing something a little bit original and making a scary movie. And I always made fun of my film professors. Hey, P, um, I'm the numbers guy here, so just, <laughs> <laughs> just learn your place. Just, just so you understand. Just so you understand. <laughs> that's a really so, interesting insight. Final question before we move to the, the end of the show. Um, we've been we've been throwing out a lot of comments, a lot of criticisms, but we haven't been throwing out a lot of uh, suggestions. And uh, the question being, with horror sort of on the rocks, what, where where is it to go? What what are they going to do to actually uh, make it any better? What I makes think you think the, it's on the rocks? Let's see. Um, I'm not the horror buff, and Paranormal Activity apparently was a really scary movie. I haven't seen it yet, but I would say that. All the movies that come out just go big budget, big blood, and just not scary. Not not paranormal activity, apparently, though. No, no. And apparently not this record movie, either. <laughs> we have a lot I'm of... Just say, I'm just saying, they're, 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 I mean, yeah, there are a million horror movies that come out, but it sounds like there's still a, a, there's still a pretty high quality. You just have to, you have to sift through a lot of chaff to find the wheat. That's possible. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. I mean, especially, you'd think it'd be easy to... You know, crank these out because so much of the unknown is used in these plots and stuff. It seems like you have a blank slate. You can pretty much do whatever you want to try and scare people these days. Well, it seems like they're not doing anything they want because there's going to be we've got what uh, the new Nightmare on Sheet's going to be yeah, coming out. Yeah, the, the reboots. You mean? Yeah, like uh, it seems obviously we can talk more and more about Hollywood being out of ideas, but it's getting a little ridiculous. You know, Alfred Hitchcock said television. <laughs> Is like the was American it Kubrick toaster. or Hitchcock? Yeah, <laughs> Television is like the American toaster. You push the button, and the same thing pops up every time. Very cool. Until they put a crazed newscaster on there on the network. <laughs> We're talking I, th- about I think this applies to horror movies, is why, why I said it. Yeah. Uh, what, P- you know what I'm waiting P- for, P- though, is a new monster. That's what I'm waiting for. And by monster, I mean like a classic one that can be used in horrors like a lot. 
You know, where's the new vampire? Where's the new werewolf? Hmm. So you're saying any you need a recreation of a creature from like the '60s when you actually used to watch movies? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> it doesn't have to be from the '60s. It can be something brand new that they thought of that just has some legs. And you're saying the new classic the, monster. The creature in everybody's movies, Swamp Thing, almost like a public domain domain type thing. Swamp okay. Thing. <laughs> um, I I guess I uh, I'm not the the professional. The, on that situation, but I'm guessing a lot of those creatures weren't even original anyways. Like, I don't know about the swamp thing, but I'm sure uh, vampires weren't exactly invented uh, when cinema came out with them, so I wouldn't exactly call those a, a new original idea either, but... And then we can just argue about original thought in general if we want to get that far. Like, so, well, in that case, about. then, you know, there's never been an original thought <laughs> as far as the monsters go. <laughs> so, really, we need to reboot this genre. <laughs> Very true, very true. So, P, any, any recommendations for the horror genre before we move on? Um, I would stay away from the remakes, but that seems to be all they're going to do for now. I don't mind a reinvention. I thought the new Friday the 13th, although I went in thinking it was going to suck, was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, because they took the story and made it kind of their own. They didn't remake the original film. The original film was summed up in the opening credits, and mm-hmm. they just kind of made a new a new interpretation of it. So I haven't seen it. Is it in, I guess, would it be in uh, somewhat similar to, like, the Batman reboot, or no? Uh, not really. It's same location, obviously, same characters. Right. Same, right. it's, again, the exact same formula of all the other ones. They just made a good movie out of it. They didn't try to stick to, to what someone else had done. Right. They said, we're going to take that character and just make our own movie. And they now, did. Yeah, and the only other question would be, were the... Graphics? Did the graphics increase the amount of horror? Did they actually make it scarier now that it's it's a uh, 2009? Not really. No, it, it wasn't full of blood. You know, it, there wasn't right. excess gore. There wasn't a whole lot done with any effects. It was just really effective, and they made Jason like more of a person and a little bit scarier. You know. Right, okay, yeah, that was going to be my huge spoiler question. Was it Jason's mom or Jason? <laughs> no, Jason like I said, they sum up the entire first film in, like, the first three minutes. You're, you're done. Gotcha. You don't have to waste time with it. So, so. it's more like a Friday the 13th 2 reboot. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but, again, unique, a, a good interpretation yeah, yeah. of the original story. Oh, right, right. I wish there were just somebody here that could uh Yeah, you guys us. are boring uh, the shit out of me. Um, so it just so <laughs> happens... Um, I brought a quiz for you guys to partake in, um, and knowing you, the three of you aren't huge horror fans, I didn't delve into like deep horror knowledge. So what it's I did was I made a I know it. <laughs> I made a quiz um, about mainstream actors who have starred in what would probably be called shitty horror movies. Yes, um, awesome. So it's going to go like this: the first hint, I will give you the character's name, the film, and the year the film was released. Um, if you can't okay. get the actor from that first clue, I have three hints to help. The three hints are typically more mainstream hints. Okay. So it it, it shouldn't be impossible, and I'm hoping <laughs> no, you guys do good. well. This is going to be great. Okay. How so many I wrote questions. A, do you have? Uh, I believe twelve. Okay. And uh, I have one see. example to go through real quick to show you how okay. easy it is. Okay. Okay. So the first clue would be. So is this like a competition between all three of us? Like, yes. Is this, uh, or, okay. Uh, all right. Isn't it always? Oh. The first example is This Oscar winning actor played Seth Greco In the 1996 film From Dusk Till Dawn 
Oh, come on. George Clooney. On. <laughs> the, the example was supposed to be the easiest one. George okay, Clooney. The first George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, 1966. What? 1996. Oh, I thought you said 66. <laughs> no. I was like, there's original Dust from Dawn from 66? Yeah, George Open Clooney. Open your ears, jackass. Jeff would have yeah. won if we just played the example. Which, by the way, I saw Dust Alone last two weeks ago for the first time. It was good. Nice. Okay, go so ahead. I tried to put these in a little bit of an order um, from easy to really difficult. Um, but they're all easy to me, so <laughs> I don't know if that really worked. Yeah, this is going to be great. Uh, are they... So I get all, it. You're They're really all going to be smart. actors, right? They're, okay. They're all mainstream actors. You should know everyone's name. I didn't pick anyone obscure or any bizarre movies or anything like that. Is John Stamos an answer to number one? No, he is not. Okay. Then continue. Okay. This actor got an arrow through the throat when he played Jack in the 1980 release of the original Friday the 13th. I'm just going to guess how that. Kevin Bacon oh. is correct. Oh. oh, I don't know if I beat Jim there, but it seems... <laughs> that like was that. really close. I Actually, I'm not sure. You guys sounded pretty damn close. I okay. said Johnny Depp before both you guys, but it was the wrong answer. So. <laughs> it was very much the wrong answer. Johnny Depp will come up later. See, you didn't even need hints there. That's awesome. <laughs> Pat you guys on are all great. backs. You're, yeah. you're doing good. You're doing good. Clap. Right. Okay. This, Greg, I tailor-made it. This question is for you. Oh, that's Greg. so much pressure, man. Yeah. All right, go ahead. This leading actress starred opposite Warwick Davis as Tori Redding in the 1993 horror film Leprechaun. Oh, Jennifer oh, Aniston. Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Aniston. Boom! Oh, oh, Boom! Oh, I didn't say it fast enough. <laughs> didn't say it fast enough. Didn't you Turned have a Leprechaun marathon one night, Greg? Yes, yes. Yeah. I know. I said it. I just her name escaped me. I was. I, I want to say Benefer. I wanted to say all <laughs> kinds of things. Braniston, you know, it, I'm sorry. Okay, number three. This three-time Oscar-nominated actor began his film career playing Glenn Lance in the 1984 film A Nightmare on Elm Street. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. <laughs> that I was my answer two times ago. I said it first. One Johnny point Depp is correct. I think I'm, I think I'm, I tied on the first one with Jim. I think I've gotten the rest of them. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was pretty close on that one, too, I think. Okay, next one. This three-time Oscar-nominated actor began his movie career starring as Josh in 1991's Critters 3. Oh, God. Is it, uh, it's not Leonardo DiCaprio, right? It is Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes! Wow! I had no idea. I kept on forgetting if he was in Troll or Critters. I'm happy I got it right. (laughs) That was the first one I didn't know. Damn Yes. Okay. Is that one across the board? Like, no, I think two. I've got well, that three. Was, yeah, that was four questions, so I okay. hope it's not one across the board. <laughs> I think Jeff has two. Okay. Next one. This actor has been nominated for an Oscar, but not for his role of compassionate orderly Max in 1987's A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Max. Who plays Max? First hint. He lied about his age to play the role of a clean-cut soldier who loses his life on a river in Cambodia. Ooh. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. That's correct. Oh, nice. Man. Old man. Old man. Gets it. Gets the apocalypse. Nice, <laughs> nice job. Yeah, the movie that you hate, too. Yeah. Yes. By the way, the third the, hint. The funny part is there is an article I was just reading about Lawrence Fishburne's like career retrospective, and that was one of the movies he was talking about. Not the horror one, but the apocalypse now one. The third hint, which is supposed to be like the grand slam if you guys can't get it, was gave Jeff's favorite actor the choice between a blue pill and a red pill. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> He's your boy. Okay, next one. At the age of 13, this actor portrayed young Tommy Jarvis, the boy who finally kills Jason in 1984's Friday the 13th Part 4, The Final Chapter. <laughs> the final chapter, my ass. Yeah. Well, a lightning strike brought his corpse back to life. <laughs> Who could have expected Come that? On, yeah. <laughs> Give him a break. Obviously. Okay, first hint. His character, Pete, survived the terror of little green monsters running amok in Kingston Falls. Fred Savage. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next hint. Stood, yeah, stood by his three friends even during a dangerous encounter with a chopper. And the last hint had had quite the mouth on him during this 1985 teenage adventure. Feldman. Adventure. Corey Feldman. Oh, correct. Got it. Got it. Was that Chopper? Was the dog and say? Yeah. yeah. Damn it. Damn. That was Jeff for sure. That was Jeff for sure. I'm sorry. Okay. I can't believe ne- I missed a Feldman answer. <laughs> the next one. There was absolutely nothing funny about this comedic actor's role as grown-up Tommy Doyle in 1995's Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. John Lovett. Mike Myers. (laughs) That would be sweet. (laughs) (laughs) First hint. His character, Josh, was clueless about his feelings for the female lead in 1995. That's correct. Wow. Wordplay Wordplay alert. Wow. (laughs) What is this? Trivial Pursuit? He's raking them in. Okay, next one. Jeff's going to be the horror king. This actress made her big screen debut in 1987 playing Kristen Parker in A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. Man, apparently that movie was stacked. (laughs) Uh, First hint. She played a hooker named after a southern state in a gritty 1993 film. Julia Roberts? <laughs> no. Oh, it's, bad. uh... Oh, shit. Go ahead. I, I know it. Next in, suffers from wounds that would make even Jesus Christ flinch in a 1999 horror Roseanne Arquette. Nice job. No, Patricia Arquette, sorry. That's correct. Nice job. Damn it, damn it. Damn it. Okay. Four left. Can anyone catch right. up to Jeff? Jeff's got four? Three? Four? I got at least right. four. I think it's four to two to two. No, I only have one. I don't All have right. a writing utensil, so. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. We'll, get it, we'll get it straightened out later. I'm going to say I win okay. at the end no matter what. That's no, true. Yeah. He's got a valid point. Unless I get the rest of these. Okay. This iconic actor has been nominated for two Oscars. But before that, played teenager Billy Nolan in the 1976 release of Carrie. Wow. Travolta. That's correct. Boom. Are you serious? Yeah, no problem. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I don't even know. All right, go ahead. Next one. Okay. This heartthrob actor starred opposite Renee Zellweger when playing psycho killer Vilmer. McConaughey. That's correct. Good job. Ooh, Good job. Look at the big brain of Brad. And the Just epi- the record, I've only seen one of these movies so far. In the <laughs> epic good. horror bomb, The Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. One of the Come worst on. movies you'll ever see if you get this. It movie. made money. <laughs> okay. Right. Two more. Right. This character actor made his second screen appearance playing dead fuck Jimmy Mortimer in 1984's Friday the 13th for the final chapter. 
Uh, can you repeat? Again, <laughs> stabbed. <laughs> Dead fuck was his nickname. In the yeah. Uh, the first hint, he starred opposite Dennis Hopper and Keanu Reeves when he played a murderer's loyal Jeff friend Daniels. in River's oh. Edge. I just heard Dennis Hopper and I thought about Waterworld. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> he had a small role in The Doors portraying modern art icon Paul Kilmer. Andy Warhol. Oh, oh uh, Crispin Glover. That's right. Oh. I think that I think that seals it. I think it does. But let's go, yeah. <laughs> I've been beat. All right, last you have one more, right? Yeah, kill, the last one. It, I don't. It. I hope one of you gets it. All right. Uh, this director campaigned for a cameo role in a Friday the Thirteenth project, and got his wish in two thousand one when he played Doctor Wimmer in Jason X. Hmm. Mm, God, I went and saw this movie with you, P. How do I not know this? <laughs> I'll just uh, guess Tarantino. John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> the first John Woo! <laughs> God, Sam no. Raimi. Uh, the first hint. He directed Robocop's Peter Weller in the adaptation of William S. Burroughs' mind trip novel, oh, Naked shit. Lunch. Oh, my um, God. Um, who the hell is that guy? <clears throat> I know this one. Can I get points for saying Michael Bay? Any points? <laughs> Uh, next Jim so wants to Google right now. <laughs> he cast Viggo Mortensen and Ed Harris when bringing the graphic novel A History of Violence to the big screen. Oh, oh what's God. that guy's name? I saw that movie. Um... And the last one, the last hint, in a seven-year span, he directed the horror sci-fi classics The Brood, Scanners, Videodrome, Sc- The Dead Zone, and The Fly in that order. Videodrome. What the hell is this guy? Oh, oh I've know. seen. He did uh, Eastern Promises. He's quite talented, this man. Um, and I'm out of hints, so I hope someone gets it. I should know this. I, if it's the person I'm thinking of, anyway. I don't know it. I, yeah, I'll know the name when you say it, but I, I'm not going to yeah, get it. You're going right. to have to pull the plug. All right, it was David Cronenberg. Yeah, no, that's not who I was thinking of. So I feel better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was way <laughs> Yeah. That was yeah, he awesome. did. Um, he did the. He did Crash, not the one with uh, Brendan Fraser, but the one in like the nineties, right? Uh, no, wasn't that one of the Andersons? Yeah, maybe not. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I hated that movie. Uh, so, good quiz, and uh, maybe you'll replace yeah. another quiz uh, quiz person we have on the show. We'll That's see. Fine. We'll see. Kick me out. Um, we are we are running a little long, but uh, we do have, of course, our Parker Posey play along to go on this special evening. It is a uh, Halloween night, and I guess going a little over will be okay. And uh, we were going to give it a uh, first try to uh, Jim Patnato this week. Before we get to that, though, uh, P, we got to show you how it works. Um, before we go to yours, we need to discuss mine. Mine was last week. We discussed the week's uh, previous week's Parker Posey play along. Uh, my question was, what uh, what movie world, what movie would make a good theme park, and if you could think of any uh, any of the actual uh, rides or features of it, it would be extra points. And there were some good answers. Um, I could pretty much go with any of them, but I'm just going to sell it and go with the man answer, and that was Showgirls from uh, Scott P., <laughs> the user from Gunga Pit. It's the obvious, had to get it out of the way, somebody name a porno, whatever, it could have been anything, and it worked, and it was genius. Showgirls is funnier, then. It is funnier. Just because they try to add some classic. Class I did really like the question, by the way. It was a good yeah, question. That was that I, was a really I, good I, question, Greg. All my questions yeah. are good. I like the ice. Yeah, all right. Uh, I'm going with my secondary answer. I'm going with Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> the one I turned down at first. It would. 
<laughs> even though, even though the this cheats, they already gave me the idea. It was part of the movie. Okay, Mister Zombieland. I, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, I said Simpsons, then Zombieland. My uh, my my favorite answer I'd have to say was uh, one of our loyal uh, listeners, this guy Jim P. Uh, <laughs> something about Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, his his post was very good about it. So. About Lando drinking Colt 45s with Lando Calrissian. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. You make out so. with your sister, and then you find out she's <laughs> your sister. Um, but uh, yeah, Jeff's big on that whole sister makeout thing. So we learned from his Angelina Jolie reference. Damn right. straight. Right. Uh, so P, moving on. To, we'll move on to your question. Uh, we'll bring this question up. We are gonna. All three of us are gonna answer it. So one of us is gonna actually get more time than usual. And uh, we'll post the question on uh, thegungapit.com and also at uh, the Movie Hour page on Facebook. So P, what um, what do you got today for us? Okay. Uh, again, in the in the horror theme, the horror uh, season. Imagine you are a character in a horror or science fiction film that has to die. Which Oof. villainous character or movie creature? would take your life, and for bonus points, in what fashion? This now, is a great question. You can question. either be creative and just make it up, you know, make it up yourself, or you can be simple and say, you know, I, I would die the way Dylan died in Predator or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was my answer. <laughs> oh, um, I'm ready. So my, my answer um, is he's always been my... my Cinematic guilty pleasure. So I would die after an epic machete battle with Jason Voorhees. Um, during the battle, I, I do succeed in chopping off his arm that is actually holding the machete. But you know you can't kill the dude. So he grabs that arm with the other hand, and now he has like a three foot reach advantage. And that that extra reach is my demise. And then out of respect for the fight that I give him. He severs my spinal cord, so I just kind of lay there and don't feel anything while I slowly bleed to death, and he walks away. <laughs> that was nice. To oh that man, sounds great. This is a great question. This is a great question and a great answer. Um, uh, I've got I have got one, so I'll I'll, del- I'll jump into it. The first thing I thought of is I want to be I want to die in explosion. Obvious obvious tag. Um, and what it's going to be is it's going to be one of those terrible cutaways where there's the person. He's act. He's get. He gets like a bomb implanted right, right in his spleen, or just stabbed into, stabbed into his gut, and it cuts. And it's obviously a dummy there, and it explodes into blood everywhere. That I want to be that guy. Now, in terms of who does it, the leprechaun would, like Jim referred to earlier, <laughs> would be nice if the leprechaun could somehow just turn my liver into some explosive shamrock. That would be awesome. Um. <laughs> That's tough. I think I think the leprechaun would be good. And again, as long as the cheap cutaway where it's me close up, and then it's a faraway shot of what looks to be me, what's a dummy, and just explodes all over the place, I'm happy. And and uh, I think I think the crowd would enjoy it too. I like that. Answer. Yeah. So, I I've got my answer. I want to. I don't know exactly what happens, and that's why I want this. Uh, to I want the thing in Evil Dead that goes <laughs> and chases you. I want it to catch me, and I want to know what happens when it does. What if you get raped by the woods? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we've all seen. I think we've seen what happens. That's a, that's it's a risk weird. I'm willing to take, I suppose. <laughs> by the way, um, that noise came over perfectly too. It was like I was yeah, watching yeah. Evil Dead. It was, it was really good. Um, 
So whatever whatever happens when that thing catches you is what is what because <laughs> everybody's always looking away from it like like it's there's just there's so many scenes with Bruce Campbell running away from it. I want to know what happens when it catches you. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, um, I I was it was tough. I was thinking about you know just getting multiple things stuck in my head to do a replica Pinhead from Pinhead himself, but um, I decided to go with something more my speed and go with uh, Alien. And uh, I I think I wanted be death by the acid blood after I have killed the thing and it just really death. acid yeah. blood that's tough yeah that, that's gotta hurt <laughs> yeah because acid blood never really finished anyone off did it like it was just a precursor and then they ate him or something and see t- at least I'm unique then yeah I was in a wrestling <laughs> match with them yeah I'm the right guy there, that dies yeah was it is it like a knife to the face of them and then you like rip the knife out of their eyeballs oh yeah it's, it's acid? a close quarters fight it's do you kill the one you targeted or oh yeah definitely. okay he wins a knife fight game. against an alien. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, alien, we didn't address that today. Uh, a very good movie. Um, and we we got some live listener comments. Uh, one saying, I'm not going to answer your damn question. I'm going to answer it later on the board. <laughs> it's really the, only the other one, actually, death. another alien's reference uh, from Stokes claiming that he would like to blow himself up with a grenade with that uh, Hispanic chick. Maybe that's just because he yeah, maybe she, he maybe just wants to blow himself up with a, another person. That's nice. That's cute. There's a joke there somewhere, but I'll leave it alone. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, an excellent question. I see some some other people are still typing. Uh, I'm sorry, we can't wait for you to type forever. So uh, we're just gonna have to move on. Yeah. Uh, Pete, can you rephrase the question or rephrase the question one more time or restate it anyways for uh, the boards? Sure can. <clears throat> Imagine you are a character in a horror or science fiction film that has to die. Which villainous character or movie creature would take your life, and for bonus points, in what fashion? A, a very good question. Uh, I liked your answer. I think I might, I might like my answer better, but we'll see. Uh, we'll take it to the boards, gungapit.com. You can find it there. Uh, another special Halloween event. I'm happy you guys were here. Live listeners, thank you for coming. Hopefully, uh, um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it and uh, P thank you for uh, showing up for the show man you did, you did a great job in the quiz I didn't win it which is a sort, sort of a criticism but it, it's, it was still pretty good that's and, weird um, you usually win the quizzes don't you yeah yeah I don't know if you watch the show much but, or listen to the show but I win all the time and um, it gets intense and yeah uh, everybody uh, P, James and Jeff uh, thank you for the input on this special uh, Halloween evening episode well, I've enjoyed my tenure with you guys, so good luck the rest of the way. <laughs> P, thanks for coming out. Drive safe, everybody. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, no problem. Thank you, live listeners. Thank you, everyone listening. And uh, have a happy Halloween. Uh, make sure to uh, dress your dog up like a, like a ladybug or something. And uh, thank, you, yeah, thank, you, thank you for listening to the Matthew Perry Super Scary Movie Hour. Take care. Time out. I gotta piss so bad. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, then. I'm serious. I'll be right back. You know, we, got uh, a new, we got a new guest today. Uh, how about a little professional? Yeah. Seriously. Take your headphones with you. <laughs> Alright. Uh, take two. Grab it. Be right back. Wait, Greg, Greg, wait, wait. It being a very special day, of course, uh, Halloween coming up this weekend, we wanted to touch on a little bit of the horror. And when I say horror, I mean horror, 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 horror. All right, starting. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
trying to think if we want to play off the quizzes. Like, hey, I've got a special treat for you guys. I got a quiz, and we'll just do that. Oh, surprise! <laughs> Can we do it just wow. like that? Yeah. <laughs> sort of like, sort oh of like when the, when the when the special word said of you in the playoffs. <laughs> oh! I've, I've got a surprise. Surprise! Ding 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 ding! Ah! <laughs> 